John chapter 4. Let's get right into it. How about that? John chapter 4 will be looking at the story, the account of the woman at the well. And our lesson today will hinge on this passage. Last week, we discussed marketing the gospel. We talked about the product, which is the gospel. We talked about the pricing of this product, paid for by Christ. Also our part, our obedience being required. We talked about the placement as we market the gospel. Where are we as a people here at this congregation? And where are you within the community? Placement's important when you're talking about marketing. We also talked about promotion and about how you are a brand advocate for Christ. I think it's very interesting whenever we can take something from the secular world based on science, based on research, and then look at Scripture and see, hey, the wisdom was here all along. And I think this is a fantastic example. This morning, we're going to look at the customer. Understanding the customer. While we may understand that we must proclaim the gospel, we must also understand who we are proclaiming it to. We read in John chapter 4 of Jesus and the woman at the well. He is there at the well and the disciples go on into town and the woman comes to draw. She comes to draw, as was the case in biblical times, for water for herself, for her family. And she probably knelt down, at, like in, you see here in the painting, and it was here that he talked to her, he described to her the gospel, the product, which involved her obedience, the pricing, which would involve eventually his sacrifice, also the pricing. He taught from where he was. Placements, very important. He found an opportunity. He was in that place at that time, and he found someone who was willing to hear about him and about the life that he was offering, and so he began promoting himself as he was his own brand advocate. And then she became a brand advocate as well. He told her all kinds of stuff about her personal life, Drew, a, drew an illustration out of that life. She was there to, to get water, and he told her, you know what, I offer living water, and, and brought to her a very good lesson about what he was here offering mankind. And then the disciples came back. She went away to go get some people, to go get her family and friends perhaps, and, and the disciples come back, and that's where we pick things up here in John chapter 4. I told y'all to turn there. Look like I ought to be there too, huh? There we are. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. You know a good salesman, when all they think about is the product. You know somebody's devoted when all they think about is what they're pouring their heart and energy into. Jesus couldn't think about food. Okay, he had this great interaction with a person, and she probably told him what, he was going, what she was going to do, and he was excited about that. And Peter and the disciples, teacher, eat. But, you know, he couldn't think about that. He wasn't hungry, probably hadn't eaten for a while, perhaps. Verse 33, so the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me 
and to accomplish his work. So he was focused. He was focused on what he was doing. He was concerned about these lost souls, concerned about the customer, so to speak. Verse 35, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? So when we plant, those of us who have gardens, we plant, wait a few months, and we've got a harvest to pull in. Such was the case here. Continuing in verse 35, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. White meaning ripe. White meaning that they were ready to be taken in. And it is here that Jesus probably looks up and and sees the woman coming and, and bringing droves of people with her. Verse 36, Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So he, he's talking about these interactions with people. When you sow the seed, what are you going to reap? And it's about to happen. Jesus knows she's coming. Let's look at verse 39. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking Him to stay with Him. And He stayed there two days. And many more believed because of His Word. This is a fantastic interaction of evangelism. Jesus is teaching someone, and He is teaching His disciples. She goes off, brings people to Him, and He teaches those people as well. Why? Because He understood exactly who who He was interacting with. He understood those He was trying to teach. He understood people. And so what do we need to understand about those today who need to hear the gospel, the customers, so to speak, those that need to hear the gospel, such as this woman by the well? First off, the customer has a need. Have you ever gone into the store and said, I'm going to buy a drill bit? I'm going to tell you, you've never done that. You've never gone to the store and simply said, I'm going to buy a drill bit. Now Larry's looking at me funny. Just hang on now, Larry. He works at Ace for our visitor. You've never gone into the store and said, I need a drill bit. You've never done that. What have you done? I need a hole. I'm going to go buy a drill bit. You had a need, you see. You had a need for something. And then you went out and you found that thing that would fulfill that need, then you go buy the drill bit, you see. Because you had a need that you had to fulfill, and you went out and you found that thing that could meet that need. People won't just come to church. They're not just going to show up. They won't just do that. There's too many other things to do. Too many channels to watch. Too many other ways to take up our time. We know here that we need Jesus because of the difference He's made in our lives. And we must help people see this difference. And hopefully they'll see that He can meet a need in their life as well. Something happened with you, you saw the need and you sought Jesus. People need to see that in themselves. If you told someone that they needed to go to church, and they asked you why, what would be your answer? Well, the quickest answer is to go to heaven, certainly. But for yourself, you probably started going to church as a child and you created a habit, and that's good. Your parents brought you up well. 
but it may also leave you wondering exactly why you go. As I consider this very personal question of what Christ has done for me, I realize all the things that He has actually saved me from. As you look back at your life, perhaps you can do the same. What were the behaviors? What were the mistakes? What were the consequences of your actions that would have occurred had you not knew about Christ and the wisdom found in Scripture? What has Jesus Himself saved you from? He saved you from your sins, we know that. But specifically, what has He done in your life? Because that is the story that you tell the customer. That's what you can tell those people who need Jesus Christ so desperately. So very desperately. You shouldn't simply be here to fulfill an obligation, to to mark it off the calendar as Sunday morning. But what you should do is know that you get something out of here because you have a need that must be fulfilled. You understand that you need to be here, but... Who else needs to be here? Well, everyone. That's the customer. That's also the easy answer. Everyone needs to be here. Jesus died for all of mankind, and so we don't cut anyone out of that salvation. We read here in Matthew chapter 10, verses 6 through 8, Jesus is telling the disciples, and He's giving them a breakdown of their customers, of those that they should reach. But rather, He says, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go... Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What the people had been waiting on for so long. That's what they wanted to hear and that's what they wanted to know about. So Jesus said, go tell them about it. And heal the sick. Yet another need that they had. Jesus was meeting the needs of the people. Raise the dead and cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons freely you received. Freely give. The benefit, disciples, Peter, James, and John, I'm looking at you specifically, the benefit that you received from knowing me, from following me, give that to other people. Tell them about it. And if they have a need that you can meet, meet that need. And they'll say, who is this Christ? Who is this Jesus? Who are you, Peter? Who are you, James and John? Tell me more about what is going on with you. Because all of mankind has a need. Everyone is suffering one way or another. And so we've got to be on the lookout for what people can benefit from in regards to attending the Lord's church. The question is, can you spot these needs? Let's look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus could spot them rather easily. We've got to be able to turn on our radars to be able to see and and perhaps empathize even with a person who's struggling with something and you can say, hey, you know what? I went through that myself. Here's the passage that helps me. Here's the Christian discipline that helps me, daily devotionals perhaps. Here's the sermon that I listened to this past Sunday and and I want you to hear it. They're on YouTube and your favorite podcasting services, by the way. So make sure you subscribe to that. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. You see, He's doing it there. And on the next page, Matthew chapter 10, He's telling them, Hey, you know what? 
Y'all go do it too. Y'all go do it too. This world is suffering and it's got a need. He showed them. Now they got to go do it. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Because people have a need for this. Seeing the people, Jesus said, He felt compassion for them because they were distressed. People are distressed. Probably many more adjectives you can put there, but they are distressed today. And they are dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what people need today. People need a shepherd. They need a a word to live by. They need a, a moral compass in their life. They need so many things. And Jesus is trying to reach people in His day. And we need to continue that work today. Then He said to His disciples, much like He did in John 4, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest. Now, you don't have to travel across the world to do this. You can travel perhaps across your place of work, across the hallway, next to the person that might even be sitting to you this morning, and be that example to that person. But people today, they need a moral compass. They need one bad. They behave and they act in certain ways, and then they wonder why they're suffering so much. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah most likely believed they were just fine. They were just fine and they didn't need to change, but their city was destroyed by our Heavenly Father. I see people today and the decisions they make, and I can tell them many times what will happen if they don't change. Because I see it a lot, I'm not being judgmental, but I see the behavior and I know the outcome. I work with people trying to get out of some of those behaviors. And so I want to tell them so bad. But because they don't follow the Lord, because they think they're fine, because they are their own moral compass, they'll continue to make bad decisions. People also need community. They need community. They need a place that they can feel like they are a part of something. Our youth group is a fine example of that. Our adults here, I feel like that we have a great adult group here also, but people are looking for a community. A group who really wants the best for them. A group where they can connect because this is lost. It's been, been going away through technology and, and our advances and our society has changed over the last several years. But now due to COVID and many people working remotely, you know, they're losing even more connections. We used to have it at work. I know that, that working in your jogging pants sounds, sounds great. It does. Some of you do it. You tell me all the time because you're working at home. But there's that misconnection as well because you're not working in a workplace. And you love it. I get that. No doubt about it. But that's simply an example of how people are missing community. And they need to be able to get that here. And it's a fantastic place to have community with, with people of faith, with people who are here because what they want to get out of being here is, I want to be a better person. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more sincere. I want to be stronger in my faith. I want to be a nicer person. I don't want to hurt emotionally all the time. I want to feel better. Those are needs that people have, and they can find it through the community here at the Lord's Church. Our families need guidance as well. Men need to know how to be men. They need to know how to be good fathers. Same for our wives and our mothers. And that guidance is for sure provided through Scripture. Sometimes, though, people don't know what they need. They're stuck in their old ways because it makes sense to them. The Apple company makes a a fine phone, makes a fine phone. I I have an iPhone myself, makes a fine product. 
And they listen to their customers, but in some ways they don't listen to their customers. Why don't they? The customers never developed a smartphone. That's why. I don't have a basement in my phone where I'm trying to make the latest iPhone. I've thought about it, but I don't have that capability. So I don't design the latest iPhone. So your average customer has never done this, but indeed your average customer cannot find the path to a greater life simply by relying on his own self or her own self. They must look to the master teacher, the one that the, that the disciples called rabbi. The woman at the well, she had a need. And in her life, as Jesus told her, she kept looking for it to be fulfilled through various relationships. And she finally found what she actually needed simply by talking to a carpenter who would take a moment, recognize her need, and help her find a way to meet that. He knew her and he cared about her. So we must see those people who have a need and work to help them find the meeting of that need. Next, the customer has a want. The woman at the well, she had a want. She wanted to know more about what Jesus was teaching. She asked, tell me more about this living water. This was a way of life that made sense to her and a way of life that would actually bring joy to her life. Well, the interesting thing here is everyone needs Jesus, but not everyone wants Him, unfortunately. Let's look at Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. You can find people who have a need, you can find people who have a want, and you think, man, I could really connect with this person spiritually. But they might have a different take on things. They might look at the world. They might look at Scripture a little differently. And there are those people that are out there. Acts chapter 13 and verse 47. Paul is speaking here starting in verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have replaced you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, because you, before you see there was a time when Jesus was on earth and He said, we're, we're only going to the Jews. He wanted to focus on the Jewish people so that perhaps they could, they could explode more in their teaching, in their population, as those disciples went about, because the Jews were the ones who were waiting on Jesus even. But here Paul says, you know what? I'm coming to preach to the Gentiles. I'm now going to preach to everybody. And this thrilled them. Verse 48, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life. They wanted to know the truth. They wanted to understand who Jesus was and His mighty teachings. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen the difference it had made in the lives of their, of their Jewish friends, perhaps. They had seen so many things, and they wanted to know more. Verse 49, And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of, the prominent, of, the prominent, of prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. There's many people who want Jesus. There's many people who don't. Verse 51, But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. We see this referenced. Again, Jesus, here's actually where He, where he told them how to do this. This is in Acts. Jesus has ascended into heaven and He told the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, This very thing, whoever does not receive you nor heed your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off of your feet, 
And here we see Paul and Barnabas doing this exact thing in Acts chapter 13. It hurts when people don't want to know about Jesus. It hurts. But Jesus says, move on. Move on. You can't reach everyone. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. There are those in New Testament times that, that wanted Jesus, but wouldn't accept Him actually on the terms He outlined. They like the, they like the idea of following Him, but they don't really necessarily like the commitment. Because that requires a great deal. We read of this in Luke chapter 9, beginning with verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you sure you want to follow me? Question whether or not you're ready to be that disciple. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. I've got other obligations. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But wait, Lord, but wait. You want to be there with Jesus. You want to follow Him. This Word of God sounds so fantastic, but you can't bring yourself to make that further, make that additional commitment. But Jesus said to him, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. People want it. They just don't want it bad enough to go about and be the, the, to the level of obedience that Jesus calls for. Well, what else do people want? They want authenticity. Authenticity. Not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy all throughout Scripture is warned against. Don't say one thing and then do another. That's not good for the product. That's not good to show the customer what the product does in your life. So people want authenticity. When you say you're going to do something, when you say you believe something, then people indeed want to see that. I can't stand this thing. I walk up to it and I pull my card out and I think, do I slide it? Do I chip it? Do I tap it? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Just, just tell me. And when I finally do, I said, take it out, take it out, don't take it out. I don't know what I'm doing. Here, just take my cash. Just let me do that. That's easier, right? This thing promises, but it doesn't deliver sometimes. Oh, the chip reader's broken. Slider's broken. Here, let me type it in. All kinds of issues, right? It's promises. It's so, so much promise, so much potential. I'll just go up, boop, and be on my way. But it doesn't always deliver that, does it? It's a hypocrite, you see? It's not authentic. It's not delivering what it says it's supposed to be delivering on. So what do we promise here? What do we promise here at the Birdwell's Chapel Church of Christ? Hopefully, we promise forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hopefully, we promise that you will mature as a Christian. Hopefully, you'll see growth in yourself as you engage in the classes. Come to the worship service. And hopefully, hopefully we see some people here in need of forgiveness. And I hope we see people who have been forgiven of what they need to be forgiven of. And praise God that we have access to all these things. But may we be authentic in our speech and authentic in our life so that when people hear the message that's brought out here, so when people hear your message as you are placed in the community, they know that you deliver on what you say that you do. So the customer indeed has a want, but sometimes people want the wrong thing. 
Give them what they want is oftentimes the cry because if you do that, you'll have people coming to your door all the time. But Ephesians chapter 6 says this, With good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. So as we serve God, as we serve God, we must keep that at the forefront. And may we not resort to pleasing man, but rather pleasing our Heavenly Father. But also keeping in mind that in pleasing God, we must reach those around us. So where are these customers with needs and wants? There are those without a church home. Those we can reach because they have a need or a want that we can fulfill here. Who are they in your life? Someone who perhaps would study the Bible. Someone who might come to an event or an activity and see that indeed they would like to be a part of our congregation. Certainly, those without a church home are in deep need of guidance, maybe even a moral compass. Certainly, they are in need of salvation. Those who are interested in spiritual matters, and and this can be a very difficult crowd. You see, this can be a difficult crowd. Because in the New Testament, we see that the apostles, they would go to the synagogues. They would go where people were interested in studying Scripture and learning about what the Bible said. But those people in those places were also very committed to what they currently believed. So this can be a difficult group to sway as they are committed to perhaps where they already go. But this can also be the very best crowd, especially for those who are looking for the true church, who are looking for the congregation, the church talked about in New Testament Scriptures. Those people in the New Testament were looking for the Messiah. People today should be looking for Him as well in an authentic way, and in a way that coincides with Scripture. Our members here also are the customers. We worship God, but those who are attending here are expecting to get something out of their visits here. And we must provide that through our programs and through our classes and through our community and our interactions. We should get something out of here as well, for we must provide for the saints. That's where the customers are. They're right here in our building. They're also on the Internet. This is an ad that we've been running the last several days. And we've reached almost 3,000 people within a 15-mile radius. You can break this on down to men and women as well. Link clicks 142. There's an on the ad. If you ever if you've seen it, it says "Learn More." Boom! It takes you to our website. We've got a lot of people interested in what's going on here at the Birdwell's Chapel Church of Christ, and also worldwide. Here is a screenshot from our services on July 10th, 9:30 a.m. for the Bible study, and this gentleman here commented that he was watching from the Church of Christ in Uganda, Africa. Best I can tell, it's a faithful congregation of the Lord's Church. I don't know of the missionary that, that perhaps planted that church, or I haven't found any connections thereof, but it seemed to be a legitimate person who was watching from Uganda, Africa. He might even be watching even now. So our customers are all over. When you find a customer, what do you tell them? What's the first thing that you tell them? You want to you inform them of the features 
and the benefits of what you're trying to get them to believe in. Well, this new car has air conditioning. And that benefit is you won't get hot. This car works with your phone, hands-free. So you don't have to, to touch your phone as you drive. Those are the features, and those are the benefits. There are features and benefits here as well. If you live for God and be obedient, you'll live for eternity. Which seems like a long way off. So I like to focus on the more immediate benefit of if you live for God, you can have a great life even now. And if you want to be a part of that life, I pray that you'll come forward this morning. Let us baptize you and add, so that you can be added to the body of Christ. Or if you have stumbled in your Christian faith and need prayers this morning, let us help you with that as well. Won't you come now as we stand and sing? Almost persuaded. Now.